I just, I have, I, my wife's not listening. I leave my wife for her. I mean, she is, there's something. <laughs> of, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. So you lie to yourself to be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. We all do it. We all go a little mad sometimes. Come on. One of you nuts has got any guts. What's but a smile on that face? You're only as healthy as you feel. Listen to me! Listen to you by what right? Because I have a right to be, and I have a voice! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Pop Culture Case Study. Yeah, let's do it. I'm pumped. Let the healing begin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Case Study, where we analyze pop culture from a psychological angle. And this week, we have our new release review. We're taking a look at Allied after watching Casablanca to get ready for that earlier this week. Uh, and Mike is not here because, you know, uh, I was as I was telling my my co-host for the day, Jameson, uh, he, he gets a little grumpy sometimes and doesn't want to see movies, and he pitches a fit, and that's what he did this week. So uh, I don't want to see it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so as I mentioned, my co-host this week uh, is Jameson from Movie Mojo Monthly and Real Film. So thanks for joining us. Oh, it is my pleasure. It is always fun to join you and get Mike out of this uh, co-pilot seat for a little while. That's right. It's been a while, so it's good to have you back. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, it's usually about this time of year I get a call. Come on in. <laughs> Mike finally is just like, oh, I don't know. He's I don't burnt do out. This. That's right. Yeah. He's a little cynical. He's a little burnt out. So got to gotta replace him for a week or two. Um, so uh, before we get into the review, why don't you tell people about your podcasts and where to listen to them? Sure. Uh, as you mentioned, the first one I have is uh, a podcast called Movie Mojo Monthly, which is uh, myself and my buddy Brian. We just um, uh, once a month, we kind of take a look back at the the top movies of the month review those we also go into some guilty pleasures which is always fun um and i also host one called real films podcast with my friend jason who's a, a documentary filmmaker and it is focused exclusively on documentaries reviewing documentaries and uh recommending or steering you away from such films <laughs> uh and then i i also host a show that uh, uh may or may not be around you called real reviews it's a it's a tv program which uh every week uh rip off Siskel and Ebert and uh, review every movie that's in the theaters. So Nice. All right. So, um, as I mentioned, we're talking about Allied, uh, which, of course, stars Brad Pitt and Marion Cotillard and Jared Harris uh, and directed by Robert Zemeckis. So, um, I talked uh, on our last episode about how I was kind of looking forward to this, except when you bring up Robert Zemeckis as a director. Uh, mm -hmm. I think one review I read said, like, he does really great with special effects, but not so well with people. And I thought that was, like, the perfect description of Robert Zemeckis. So what were your kind of expectations going in to Allied? I, almost exactly. I mean, the cast I love. I'm yeah. a huge Brad Pitt fan. And I'll say this from the get-go. I cannot be rational about Marion Cotillard. Yeah. I... I I just, I have, I, my wife's not listening. I leave my wife for her. I mean, she is, there's something, <laughs> of, she's had me hooked for a decade now. Um, and so right away, I'm like, I'm in. And then, I mean, I've, we've seen Brad Pitt do World War II movies. He loves fighting Nazis and I'm he all bored watching him fight them Nazis. But Zemeckis, yeah. He, yeah. He, he was kind of the big red flag for me. Like, yeah, I liked you when I was a kid. When you did Back to the Future, yeah. <laughs> yeah, th there's been a long streak of just meh movies with him. Of like, right. ah, it could have been really good, but yeah, and that was kind of where my uh, 
where my worries were. Right. Uh, so we're coming at this from the same angle. So when I saw this movie, I, you know, I was trying to kind of pump myself up, but like bringing up the thought like, OK, you know, Brad Pitt was really good in Fury. He was uh, he was really good in uh, Inglorious Bastards. And of course, mm-hmm. anytime Marion Cotillard is on on screen, I'm paying attention because uh, not only is she gorgeous, but it's also a tremendous actress. She's an Oscar tremendous. winner for a reason. So I was like, OK, this this might be good. Uh, essentially, I was lying to myself, just just hoping it would be good. Uh, and it's not bad i wouldn't go that far i think i think there are a lot of mistakes made here um and i thought it was beautiful to look at um but as far as i so here's what i said uh to a friend of mine after i got out of the theater is i felt like this was one of the movies more than any other that was really hindered by its trailer so in the trailer which everybody saw at this point i think we have this whole sequence where brad pitt has to figure out if she's a spy right that's right. the whole – supposedly that's the, the whole movie, right? But the first half of the movie is them falling in love. So you know it's going to go bad. So you're just – I think at least for me, I'm just kind of sitting there waiting for that moment mm-hmm. when when things things go poorly. And I, I felt like if you're going to make that the trailer, then the beginning of this movie should be a lot shorter. <laughs> Everything leading up to that should be shorter. But actually I think that beginning, that first hour is the best part of the movie. Yeah. No, I, I... – my issue with this movie is pacing is oh horrible in this movie. It's glacial. It's glacial. Well, <laughs> Just... but, but here's the problem though: is the pace that it it has. I still they didn't build any chemistry that I believed in in that first half. I mm. really enjoyed that first half, and there were great moments between the two leads. Right, but the the turn of suddenly I'm in love with you and let's let's head towards the inevitable finish. It, it, it just felt so rushed, like, OK, I didn't really get the chemistry build. I don't believe a lot of what's going on between them. And so it, it's a weird like it's a glacial pace. But I still like you could have taken more time to build that part of the relationship to make right. me care. Well, because that's necessary. Internal strife that's, that's coming. You need and if that. I don't. If I if, if I don't believe in the chemistry, then the, the internal strife that is due to come loses its impact. Yeah, and that was the huge problem for me. Yeah, and I felt like I felt like she was putting in a lot more effort than he was. This is painful for me to say, but I felt like Brad Pitt was like sleepwalking through this. I think I think Brad Pitt has built a career on being a leading man, but not your stereotypical broad leading man. I actually heard this uh, mentioned on a, on another podcast I just listened to about it, and this is the type of movie that really does need that kind of broad portrayal of that. Like you know, like if you look at movies like Casablanca from the forties, like. He Humphrey Bogart was the leading man of that era and Brad Pitt kind of is, but he also makes weird, interesting choices, which I'd love for him as an actor. But I think he just might have been kind of severely miscast here. I think part of it is that he he was really trying to evoke the Humphrey Bogart role and he didn't know how to go about doing it. Like if I just play it really cool and casual and don't really put anything out there. Maybe that's what I need. Part of it might be, you think there's a little bit of art imitating life going on behind mm. the scenes with him and his personal life at the time of this? It's possible. It's very possible. <laughs> it's like, yep. do you trust your wife? Let's make this movie about whether you trust your wife or not. Right. It's like, yeah, I got timing. some issues going on at home. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why, I mean, he hasn't even been out on the press tour for this. Like, he's been completely no. absent. because, And, you know, it's valid. He doesn't want to take all the kind of limelight away because everyone's just going to be asking about his actual home life instead of the movie. Um, And without giving too much away as far as the plot until we get to spoilers, um, there's the 
the idea of this movie is we're following Brad Pitt really for the whole film. And I think this movie actually would have been much more interesting if we're following her instead of we're following him. With what we find out at the end of the movie, I think that story is much more interesting than his because he's stoic and in love. And that's kind of it. There's not a big arc for that character. And I think by the end of the movie, we should be feeling so so much more deeply for this mm-hmm. couple than we do. I think I think it's it's well acted by her at the end of the film, but I think – as you mentioned, we don't have that bond between them, so it's hard for us to really, really emote as an audience and really feel for them. Yeah, it's funny. I'm uh, I'm looking at some notes that I was jotting down in the theater, and it, one of the early first things I wrote down was that she has a mysterious history that I want to know more about. Right. Like she hints at it very early on, you know, and they, they hint at what happened in Paris, what happened with this job, and well, I can't really tell you everything about it. This happened. This happened. Like, ooh, I want to know way more about that right and yeah you just it's kind of left there instead we just have the very stoic brad pitt doing what he normally does right and from a direction standpoint this movie does something that that bothers me to no end i I know why they do it because in general i mean if we're being honest the vast majority of theater goers aren't aren't paying complete attention they're not like super focused on it they're just kind of enjoying the visuals and enjoying the sound and just kind of going along with the story instead of kind of constantly thinking and trying to figure out what's going on but she has a line early in the film uh where they're kind of talking about why she's so good at her job and she says because i make the emotions real like this isn't false like it's not me but i am feeling these things and then you know she and when she says that you start thinking about okay when they get together later that's going to be interesting because the emotions are real for her but does that mean she's telling the truth and when he has that moment and thinks of that they have to like flash back for a moment and show her saying that line again and i was like jesus it's a mech it's like i I get it like i'm not an idiot i know that they're both spies (laughs) i mean that's the whole idea of this movie is like could you be married and love a spy because you never know if they're telling the truth. You never know if they're going behind your back. Like, that's the whole point. I don't need you to kind of hammer that point home with the sledgehammer. It's basically one of these person can never tell the lie. And one of these person only tells the truth, which right. is it. Right. Terrific. Yeah. yeah it, he, 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 it kind of had to spell it out for the lowest common denominator viewer. And you know, that's what he does. Yeah. But I will say there's two great things about this movie. There's Marion Cotillard and all her outfits, which I think she uh, – she I don't know how many outfits she's in in this movie, but they're all absolutely stunning and gorgeous, and her performance is also fantastic. Like I really like her in this movie. But the other thing I like is Jared Harris. Yes. Uh, who is fantastic and one of those actors – He's I think he's uh, right on the cusp between uh, being that guy and being recognizable. Like he's just <laughs> there. Like I think, I think there are definitely a lot of people who recognize him, like especially if you're a TV watcher. I had a big part in Mad Men, had a big – part in fringe and it's nice to see him starting to get kind of juicy roles in film and i thought he might have been the best part of this movie like i think his arc is actually more interesting than brad pitt's character's arc and he shows up at the most opportune moments right i mean he gets some really juicy times to kind of steer the narrative of the movie you know when it starts to get stale he shows up i've right. got something for you you what have you done this is where we're going next with the movie and so he gets a lot of the plot devices to keep the movie on track. And yeah, he's great. I mean, he's he's he is in that category of great character actor and we I want to see more. Um Mary Cotillard though. I mean, she's just she's mesmerizing in this and 
And I, I, she, I, she definitely outshines Brad Pitt to me. And I, oh yeah. I mean, I, it's obvious, but I th- her character had a lot more to it too. I mean, right. her character is more well-rounded, even though we didn't know a lot about her. Well, yeah, character. she's not just stoic. She's not just like sitting she's there thorough. with a square I mean, jaw and like going, "Okay, I guess this is happening now." Like that's his she, whole. <laughs> she carries so much emotion in her eyes and in little right. little nuances of how she moves her mouth. You know, as he's just looking across the room at her, and you're going, "Ooh, what's in, what's what's she thinking about?" Like right. just a glance, and she's doing more and more than he's doing. And yeah, I mean, I thought that without her in this film, it, it's it, it's less than mediocre. Really. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're right. I think if you cast almost anyone else, like I've talked on this on this podcast a couple times using a sports reference, uh, uh, a statistic called WAR, like wins above replacement, yes. right? Like how much better <laughs> you are than the average. And I think if you have an average actress in this role. I mean, it's almost walkout worthy. Worthy mm-hmm. if the special effects weren't so cool. Like, I, I like the I like the dust storm. Like that stuff worked. That sex scene really worked. Like between the yeah. two of them, maybe Brad Pitt's uh, best moment in the film. You know, good for him. He gets <laughs> he gets that moment. But the rest of the, I think it's he reminds me. His performance reminds me of a character in a kind of in a in movies that are that are, have larger casts where he's your mm. audience surrogate like he just kind of stands there and the world mm. happens to him so we see it but when you have a movie with like five characters that doesn't really work like you, you need to do yeah. something man like we need to care about you and we need to understand that you love this woman and just saying that you love her and saying she's my wife and i trust her that ain't enough like i don't i don't feel it from him in this movie, which, I mean, is one of the first times I've had a negative thing to say about a Brad Pitt performance kind of post, like, as soon as you start with movies like Seven and move forward, like, there's not a lot of bad performances there, but this is one of them. But, you know, there's there's uh, the most recent Brad Pitt movie I saw before this was the one with he and Angelina Jolie, what was that horribly titled, By the Sea? Oh, yeah. Uh, Jeez. Where do I trust my wife movie, basically, again? <laughs> uh, is my wife cheating on me? And it is... A lot of them just staring at each other uh, blankly and just a lot of tormented looks. And that movie felt like the favor a husband does for his wife. Like, okay, honey, I guess. (laughs) But he was completely outacted in that movie as well as he was just kind of the drunk writer. And she was staring out a window or staring through a peephole the entire movie. And yeah, this is kind of back to back films where I'm just kind of watching him sleepwalk through a role where he's like, I can just show up on Brad Pitt. Look at me. Right. And that's kind of disappointing because he's a great actor, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think he's he's the best leading man we have right now. And it's it's unfortunate. And, and I think some of it is script, too. There's actually not a lot for him to do here. There's not a lot for him to sink his teeth into. Um, but there is something there that he doesn't he doesn't access. And I don't know if it's because of where he is in his life when he's filming this, what's going on like with his with his personal life. But she really gives full effort, you know, especially that all the sequences kind of leading up to them killing Nazis in the beginning of the film. Like mm-hmm. she's really engaged and all the sequences of her kind of telling him, you know, her kind of like you know, discussing uh, French accents and where he's supposed to be from, like, and how kind of playful she is. Like, you can buy him falling for her, but it doesn't seem like Brad Pitt buys it. (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk about Brad Pitt's lack of acquiring an accent in anything, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it took me a while to realize, oh, he's supposed to be from Canada. 
Right. right. Oh yeah, me too. Until okay, until I uh I granted she keeps calling him uh Quebecan essentially. But right. I was like, Oh, maybe that's just the accent, like 'cause that's that's a French speaking place in Canada. Yeah, and then I see all slang. these and then when they get back you see he's got these jackets and they say Canada on the side. I was like, Oh so he's from Canada. Like none of that really comes up. I think that maybe like Oklahoma. It might movie. be an American bias, like I just assume he's from the US. But some of it is his vocal tendency where he sounds very American. He doesn't yeah. sound like he's from anywhere else. So, And it doesn't seem like they tried. And it doesn't seem like – and again, it just doesn't seem like Zemeckis is interested in people. He's interested no. in the setting. He was interested in shooting like something that looked like Casablanca that was in North Africa and then doing a spy drama. Like he was interested in the idea of it but just didn't – it seems like anyway. He didn't spend enough time you know, editing the screenplay and figuring out what the emotional beats were because you just didn't feel it. I agree. I agree. All right. I got so, nothing else to say that's not spoiler related. Well, me too. So let's let's move to spoilers right now. Spoilers. What? Read ahead. Spoil all the surprises. Not peeking at the end. Isn't traveling with you one big spoiler? That's classified. That's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. All right. So here is my big issue. The twist is fine. Whatever. Um. But I found myself thinking as we're leading up to it, like, okay, she has she has to be lying to him because otherwise they haven't set up anything where this is interesting if she doesn't. Like, so there is no there's no surprise from the uh, from the twist. I did think her moment when she closes the piano when she mm. finally admits was really affecting, and I just found myself thinking, how much more affecting would this be if I cared about this couple? If the if if Brad Pitt like put in effort to this relationship on screen, like this would be heartbreaking. Like this is the mother of his child. You know, she's put him in danger. She's put their kid in danger. She's put herself in danger, and it should be really affecting. And I think her performances, but like within the context of the movie, it just isn't. You know, there's there's a built in intrigue to it. I mean, right. if you build up the the drama of do you try to protect your wife or do you, do you want to find out the ugly truth? I mean, do you even want to know the ugly truth? You just run with her and say, we'll never find out. Do you not let her, do you write down a fake thing when they, when the phone call comes in and they're doing the, the blue, whatever blue diamond, whatever the hell they call yeah, that, whatever, you know, like do you write down something fake so that she transcribes something fake and just like, that's how you circumvent it. I'm going, okay, there's, there's a lot of things we could do. We're not going to do any of that. And they, Zemeckis threw a couple of tiny red herrings out there, but there could have been so much more to to what they were doing. I was actually hoping that you have Lizzie Kaplan in this movie as his lesbian uh, what a strange, Air Force sister. What a strange right? plot device. So, what? so the, she felt like she completely did not belong in this movie. But then she had yeah. her 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 girlfriend with her, her lover, whatever. I was actually hoping like. I know where this is going, but maybe build in a way of like having Lizzie Kaplan's girl be the spy. And she's the one who sure. through surreptitious means has been sending out messages, something other than a straight line to where I think this is going. And there weren't yeah. any deviations really. No, no, it was exactly as you expected, which was kind of disappointing. Uh, 
that it's interesting. Like, you know, it's always interesting when you sit in a movie and you're not impressed and then you're surrounded by an, by an audience who is, you start thinking like, Oh, what am I missing? Maybe I'm looking too did closely. I did actually. Uh, I was with all, all the blue hairs. I think everyone in there was 60 and up. And you know, the movie essentially ends with her shooting herself in the head. And there were three or four people who legitimately like yelped and screamed at that no. moment. Anyway, and I was like, really? I mean, it's an affecting moment. Like it's like, it's uh, the end of the film is, you know, if, if you throw out the fact that you're not connected to these people, it's pretty heartbreaking and you see why she does what she does. She does this. So her child will be okay. Like that's, that's a, that's an honorable thing to do in this situation. But people were really reactive. And I was like, what am I, what am I missing? How are you emotionally bonded to these people? Cause I'm just like, yeah, they're pretty on screen and that's about it. Yeah. So, I mean, really the start of where my issue lies is after the, after they shoot the German officer and they run off and he's like, come, come away with, to London with me. And then one year later life or not, not even like three weeks later, life is great. We're in love, blah, blah, blah. And there's no build to it. And then one year later, everything's great and we're living this life and there's there's nothing there. So when you start saying like, how well do you know your wife? She's a spy. She knows Not at all. all. It, yeah. Like how well <laughs> we do don't you know, know her? her? Yeah. It's exactly. a relationship built on deceit and he has no qualms that, oh, there's no way she could be this. I've right. known her for one year at this point. Right. <laughs> Come yeah, on. I mean, I mean, I've known my wife for, you know, six or seven years and I'm still finding stuff out that I'm like, oh, that happened. I didn't know about that. Like, not anything bad, but just things you find out, you know, and and he's like so stunned and so shocked by these by these accusations that, you know, your wife, who was a spy, might not be totally honest. Like, come on, man, grow up like that's I uh I've been married to my wife for 18 years. I just found out the other night that she loves Pauly Shore movies. After 18 oh. years, I find this out. So This how is soon... almost as bad as her being a spy for the Nazis. So how soon are you getting divorced? I'm just curious because that, <laughs> just... that might be a hard line for me. This, if you told me, like, to... one of my favorite movies is Son-in-Law, I might just be like, you know, I, I know we have kids and this is going to be difficult, <laughs> but I don't know if we can make this work. <laughs> yeah. You don't oh. know how close you are to what just happened. <laughs> it was Son-in-Law, which is on Netflix right uh, now. Horrible. Just horrible. That, that was the impetus for the discussion. Oh, God. If you, yeah. I don't know. If you're older than 13 and enjoyed that movie, there's something <laughs> seriously wrong. Like, that's that's the limit. Oh, my goodness. I concur. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, I think we've covered Allied plenty. It's not a terrible movie it's not as if i walked out of this because there have been movies this year that i've walked out of the theater legitimately angry that i spent two hours Mm. watching this this is not one of those movies it's beautiful to look at so if that's what you're interested in going to the movies you just want to see pretty people and you want to see pretty scenery like this is the movie for you but if you're looking for that supposed romance that is supposed to be here which they're pumping up in all the trailers i mean i'm looking at the poster right now and it's you know them leaning in for a kiss like this is supposed Mm. to be you know a romance and it seems to be wanting to tap in to like movies from the 40s which is when this is set and it never comes close to to reaching that for me like the you know it's interesting if you look at movies from the 40s there's not a lot of characterizations of of romance they don't spend a lot of time on it but it's way more effective than in this movie 
but you know, there are, you know, you could, you know, you mentioned off, off, off air earlier, you could be watching trolls. So this is much, <laughs> you know, I'd much rather go see this than go see something like it. trolls. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it's not terrible, but it's not great either. So like kind of subvert those expectations a little bit, kind of bring them down a little bit if you're headed out to see allied. The the one thing that, that Allied has that Trolls doesn't that I really like is the one thing Trolls doesn't have Trolls doesn't have a scene of somebody giving birth during the chaos of an oh, air raid. Oh Jesus, so over dramatic! <laughs> like really outside? That's what you're gonna do? I have never seen that before. I'm like, wow, that's interesting. I mean, <laughs> it's different. I'll give it that. <laughs> that it is. Um, yeah, you know what? I I have kind of been dogging on it, but I think the movie's okay. It's just disappointing. It's underwhelming. Um. Especially given all the talent on screen, it's definitely underwhelming. The expectations were high. What was delivered was low. But now you had mentioned towards the beginning that you thought the trailer really betrayed the movie. Do you think the trailer should have been different? Do you think they should have somehow not given away what the real plot was going to be towards the second half? I mean, how would you have done it differently? I think there are ways you can create this this idea of, like, can I trust this person without showing the sequence with Brad Pitt being told, your wife's a spy, figure it Mm -hmm. out. Like, it's so, like, I think there's, there's an interesting story there if you, you know, you have these two spies together and they end up being romantic together and you have this kind of built in, suspense of can i trust this person and i think it's more interesting if they both feel that but i don't think you get that in the script from marion cotillard's character at all like it's all about whether brad pitt trusts her and not vice versa but at some point she's got to be thinking can i trust him and i think there's ways to build that into the first half of the movie that you could use in the trailer that makes this much more interesting and then makes the second half although it is plottingly slow a little more interesting i think the studio might have been a little worried about i wonder why (laughs) being well i think the studio may have been a little worried though in how they cut this to make it you know a trailer not look like mr and mrs smith to your average viewer like oh so it's brad pitt and his wife they don't trust each other and they're after each other i've seen this movie before i would rather watch mr and mrs smith again than watch (laughs) allied again that's way more fun What you did was you took probably the most powerful scene in the movie and we're like, well, we'll just make that the trailer. Right. How about that? Yeah, exactly. Totally agree. All right. Um, So before you head off one more time, tell people maybe how they can find you on Twitter. Sure. You can find me. Just uh, I'll tell you what. Just look me up at Jameson Rabbit. That's me at Jameson Rabbit. J-A-M-I-S-O-N Rabbit with two T's. And uh, you can find all my stuff there. All right, cool. So we're going to take a little break uh, and then bring in Britt to do Fangirl Fixation to find out what comes out next week. Hello, I'm Andrew. And I'm Bernadette, and we're the AB Film Review. We're a weekly film review and discussion podcast from Perth, Western Australia. We're a married couple who like to spend our Saturday evenings avoiding reality by discussing and often arguing about the latest films and some classics. And getting closer to divorce. Uh, You can find us on the Podbros Network at podbros.com, also on Twitter at AB Film Review, Facebook AB Film Review, and our website, abfilmreview.com. That's a lot of ABs. That's it. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Fangirl Fixation with Brit. Say hello, Brit, and stop playing with pens. Aw. <laughs> Doesn't let me do anything. I know. Um, is there anything you want to talk about this week to, other than the movies coming out? Well, we just went and saw Fantastic Beasts, which was cool. Yeah, that was fun. It was uh, It was actually kind of, uh, it was better than I expected. 
Like it, it felt, I don't know, to me, like we talked about it, but it kind of felt like a money grab. Right. Like it just felt like, well, I kind of wrote a textbook about this. Let's do a story where we could do a lot of special effects and nothing else, you know? Right. Um, so I wasn't expecting a lot, but it definitely exceeded those expectations. And I didn't hate uh, Eddie Redmayne, so... Yeah, and for once he wasn't doing something really weird with his voice. I think it was because this role was perfect for him, because it was just... antisocial and quiet. And awkward, and... Yeah, because yeah. he is an awkward creature, that guy. It was more believable. Yeah. I think is what it comes down to. So I think that's why he didn't... I mean, he grates on my nerves in most things, too. Right. I feel kind of bad for that, because he seems like he's a nice guy, but... Meh. Right. And the little pseudo love story, not the one with him, but the one with his, like... Oh, I loved that. They were really sweet and believable, which, like, if you look, I mean, if you look at the physical attributes of those two actors, you yeah. might not put them together. And we, But that, that really worked. Well, I think that's also a societal thing, too. It's so often that it's like, oh, pretty girl can't be into, like, a chubby guy or whatever. Oh, that's not true. If you look at every sitcom ever made, there's always the, the big fat slob and then the hot... The hot wife. I feel like you're just talking about King of Queens right now. Well, that's definitely one of them. Yeah, no, but you, but I know, but yeah. then, but it's always like this ongoing joke of like, how did you get her? And that was never questioned no. in this movie. No, like it was just like I think they really that's made a point. Because he was exotic to her, which I found interesting. Like that right. idea, like he's a, he's a he's a nomad. Right. He's not, oh he's... God, I hate that term so much. And I, <laughs> it sounds um, vaguely sexual, actually. <laughs> No match? Just Is madge. it too close to vag? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's That was the joke I was going for. Thanks for You're welcome. bringing that out. Uh, but yeah, and Colin Farrell was really good and hot, uh, so I was happy. Yeah. Yeah, that was where he's aged well. That was, that was working for me. Um, but I, I was going to say something. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. Fine. Uh, but but yeah, it was it was a solid it was a solid fantasy movie. I enjoyed it. I love the creatures in it. Especially oh, yeah. the Niffler. special effects were great. I mean, the Niffler was probably the highlight of the entire film. In the middle of the movie, my mom slaps me. is like, that's you. <laughs> it's true. And then I turn to Dave after the movie. I'm like, mom says I'm a Niffler. And he just looks yeah. at her, looks at me and goes, mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, there are things you I do. Did, I did have friends that saw it recently. And their response was, I hope you pit pocket less. And I was like, well, I don't pit pocket people I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I steal things from people I know fairly often. <laughs> I, I would like to say that when I say you're like a Niffler, I'm not calling you a gold digger. Like, that's not... <laughs> That's, That's good because done. that hasn't been a thing in our life. You are barking up the wrong tree, lady. <laughs> like you are, if that's what you're doing, you were playing the long con. Like that oh, is. God. <laughs> but yeah, it was good. I mean, I like the time period. I like the the costuming. I'm oh sure my you god, loved. the costuming was amazing. Because it's done by Colleen Atwood, who's always amazing, and, and gives me all these like delusions that I could actually tailor things. <laughs> it's her fault. Yeah, but it, it was good. It was it was an enjoyable time at the movies. Like, it's not something I think that at the end of the year I'm going to be like, that was one of the best movies I saw. No. Um, but it was a nice little start to that franchise. Yeah, like, before I was kind of hemming and hawing that they were going to, like, make this into a trilogy, but now I'm kind of excited to see where it goes. And I really hope that there's some tie-in with uh, with him and Hagrid. Oh, very easily could be, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, not spoiling anything, but like there no, was. No, but Hagrid in in those movies was all about the creatures, and right. these, this this but guy is was, all about the creatures, right? It's, but there were there were a few things that were said in the movie that makes me feel like there's mm-hmm. gonna be right. some kind of tie-in, and I really hope there is because you know I love Hagrid. All right, fair enough. Uh, anything else before we jump into the movies? Are we gonna actually jump into them? No, I, we're not gonna do that because like last action, they hero. look awful. So well, I, I guess wanna... they jumped out in that movie. Yeah. He didn't jump in. No, he did go in for it. And what? this has gonna... been your uh, Last Action Hero podcast for the week. <laughs> what? <laughs> Good God. All right. Um, so the first, 
The first movie um, is Kidnap, uh, starring Halle Berry. God. So, Britt, what are your thoughts on this uh, this new this new epic in in the world of film? Kidnap, um, starring Halle Berry. I would rather watch somebody's teeth falling out for thirty minutes than watch Whoa. this movie. I don't. I don't believe you. I'm not <laughs> sure that's true. Because you, that's your thing. That's your line. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, I mean, nothing about this looks... Ori- I mean, it's like the kind of standard, like, kid gets kidnapped and parent goes on a rampage trying to get them back. Like, that's... I mean, we've seen it a hundred yeah, times. Yeah, but in the... Like, I don't even... Like, her choo-choo wasn't even believable to me. Like, so how am I going to watch her for an entire yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah, there's a... For those who haven't seen the trailer, there's a scene with her and her kid in the back seat, and he's, you know, playing with a train... And saying choo-choo and he wants her to say it and she says it back. But it seems like this forced, awkward line reading of an actor saying choo-choo. Like, that's just how it comes across. Or, like, some really awful, like, homemade movie on YouTube. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Also, how old is this damn kid? Because he looks really old. Like compared you age to shaming children, I, I am. No, that like, we're at? But this kid looks like he's supposed to be like ten or eleven, but is but acting like he's five or six, right? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. like it's not yeah, fitting I mean, in so many different ways. I don't even know what to say about this movie. Like, there's nothing in the trailer that you haven't seen before. There's nothing in the trailer that looks interesting. Like, this is one of those movies to only see if you're like, I want to see just how bad this is. Yeah, like, and I, it's just to me, like, that's not worth going to a theater. To experience. I feel like it's somebody in twenty us. years. In 20 years, this is going to be the MST3K. This is going to be the movie that they go to. Like, let's just make fun of this. This is, this is a movie that this is, that's going to get paired up with uh, Taken. Oh, jeez. Like, how, so how to do a kidnapping movie. One bad. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, just stick with Liam Neeson. Like, I don't... Halle Berry is really interesting to me because I think... I don't think she's a terrible actress, but I don't think she proves it very often. Like, I think every once in a while she does a movie where you're like, oh, you're really trying. And the rest of the time, she just kind of skates by. Yeah. You know? Like, you... I don't think she's she ever given... because she's pretty. Yeah, and she is pretty. I mean, there is that. But I don't think she's ever given a truly great performance, despite the fact that she's won an Oscar for Monster's Ball. I thought that was a good performance. It was a good performance, but not great. But, there was yeah. even there was even moments in that movie where I'm like, what are you doing, honey? Yeah, I mean... What's, the, your, on, what's honestly, your motivation here? Honestly, and I can't believe I'm saying this, the best performance in that movie is from P. Diddy. Like, he gives the best performance in the film, you know, and, and she's just... She's good, but it's not one of the things where it's like, oh, you couldn't cast anyone else in that role. She brought She needs to go take different. some lessons from Jada. Oh, from, from Jada Pinkett Smith? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, actually, especially seeing her uh, last year in uh, Magic Mike XXL, I'd much rather watch her on screen than I would Halle Berry. Mm. And that's not a sentence I thought I would say like five years ago. Right. If you told me like pick between these two careers, I probably would have gone with Halle Berry. But, you know, I think at this point she's just going to be known for being pretty and being a Bond girl. Like that's her movie career, you know, and then you throw yeah, I Monsters Yeah, hope everybody Ball. forgets that she's Storm. Oh yeah! Oh, God. Ooh, we can remember Ooh. how many um, Some of the comic worst book acting. franchises that she's ruined. How many? Wait, what else was she in other than the X Men franchise? Catwoman. Oh God! Oh God! I like blocked that out. Yeah. Like a movie that I shamefully had to see in the theaters. Yeah. Oh God, it's so bad. Like one of the not only one of the worst comic book movies ever made, but just one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Like I've never been so bored and so annoyed in the theater. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. You're welcome. Amit brought it up to me recently, so... Ugh, Jesus. That's what you get. Yeah, so uh, I think we're skipping Kidnap, for So sure. much skipping. And the next movie on our list is Incarnate, um, which stars Aaron Eckhart, 
um, as this, I guess, scientist. It says, IMDb says, a scientist with the ability to enter the subconscious mind of the possessed must save a young boy from the grips of a demon with powers never seen before while facing the horrors of his own past. Do you want to share what you uh, said about this when we watched the trailer? Do you remember? Yeah, it was Inception with Demons. Yeah, that, I mean, that is exactly what it looks like, but minus anything cool. Minus any good effects, like, and, and, like, honestly, when you break it down, like, great, he goes inside the mind, but it's just another possession story. Yeah, I don't... And it it makes, it's, here's something interesting that, that I had heard before and I thought of again while I was watching this trailer, is that The Exorcist is a great movie. Like, period, end of sentence, it's fantastic. I never made it past the, because I watched the director's cut, so I never made it past the scene with the cross. Oh, Yeah. But I wonder if there's ever been a better movie that has caused more damage to film over its lifetime. Because mm-hmm. The Exorcist was the start of all these exorcism movies. Right. That, like, I would say 99% of them are fucking terrible. Like, what about The Right? I haven't seen that one yet. Uh, yeah, I remember that one not being great either. Like, mm-hmm. I don't remember being horrible, but it wasn't good. But, like, these movies will always make money because they cost nothing to make. And, and teenagers will go see it because it's yeah. a horror movie. It's a chance to get scared and get worked up. I mean, that's that's what horror movies are really about for that teen audience. Yeah, exactly. So it's like that movie kind of created this jumping off point for all of these terrible films. And they just keep coming out every year. And this is just another one in that long line. And I, I, I appreciate the fact that they tried to do something mildly different. That they were like, oh, we're we're going to go inside the mind, right? You know, and we're and then you can. I mean, the advantage to that is that you can you can do kind of anything you want because it doesn't have to be real. They they already show that they're going to kind of do that, and they're also and it's interesting that they're showing that like there's physical um, manifestations. Yeah, like like while he's in the mind, like things are happening to him. Yeah, like it's it's one of those movies that on paper is a really interesting idea. And then when you put it on film, you're like, yeah, this isn't actually interesting. It's just the same thing in a different setting. So related, but like kind of awful about me. I think I have a face blindness for celebrities. Okay. Um, because for whatever reason. Did you think it was Thomas Jane? No, I don't those know who two, that is. Oh, jeez. Anyway, he was the guy who was in that terrible Punisher movie. With John Travolta as the villain. Oh, yeah. Those, to me, Aaron Eckhart and Thomas Jane look exactly alike. Yeah. I honestly, before I read the cast list, thought it was fucking Thomas Jane. Like, I was like, oh, okay. Right, well, it's with, Eckhart, his, with his awful two-faced. hair. That, no, I, I know he's yeah. two faced. Now, now that you said his name, I realized who he was. Um, but when I was watching it, especially with that awful hair, like for half a second, I thought it was Viggo Mortensen. Oh no! Viggo Mortensen would never touch a movie like this, right? There's well, no way. And that's and that's why I was like, I was, I was like, okay, like I know you do some really out there shit, sure, but sure. what are you doing with this movie? And now it makes more sense as Aaron Eckhart. Yeah, and it, it, Aaron Eckhart actually it kind of makes me sad because I think he's actually a very good actor, but for some reason, either you know he wants the paycheck, which good for him if that's why he's doing this, but it doesn't feel like he gets many opportunities as an actual lead character. I think it's because he got shoved into Two-Face and now there's probably like kind of getting stuck in that role. If I'm remembering right, like he did that, he also did Thank You for Smoking, which is another really, which was a lead role, but really like kind of Yeah, that was was a little weird too. And still like another like politician role. Right. But he's like, he's got like the kind of, I think he's got like the leading man looks like he's got the- Because he has a butt chin. He's got the- (laughs) He's got the chiseled jaw, he's tall, you know, and yet somehow, like, he doesn't seem to get these opportunities, so he ends up in kind of shit like this, which is really weird to me, but... So, um, that's 0 for 2. Yep. 
Um, so this is a really bad week. Um, because oh yeah, I know. I heard you crying about because it. Because those those are the two uh, quote unquote wide releases uh, for the week. So um, instead of <laughs> Jesus, you should know right now. Britt is trying to subtly reach into a bag of candy. My hands too big, and it's gonna make it's crunchy too sounds. Big, not too bag. I said too bag. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we're doing something uh, we've never done uh, as far as new releases on the show. We're not doing a new release. We're doing a release uh, that's coming out on like iTunes and VOD, um, which is Hell or High Water. Um, stop it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you've actually seen this movie, but I don't want you to give your review of it. I want you to tell us... Being censored again? Yeah, next week. We'll talk about it next week. Oh, sure what, we will. What I want you to talk about is what you thought of the trailer when you first saw it, like, a couple days ago. Um, what were your expectations? I saw the trailer before that because I get well, bored we and sometimes it. watch it. So, what, what were your expectations going into Hell or High Water? Um, I don't... Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sound awful, but, like... I expected something along the lines of what I wound up seeing, but it wound up being even better than what I was expecting. Okay. So what, well, just what were you expecting? I don't know. Like just some random movie about bank robbery and like. Mm -hmm. But did it look good to you? Did it you did think, look like, good. I mean, yeah. well, because, okay, first of all, this is the first time I ever thought that Chris Pine was actually attractive mm -hmm. and I didn't know it was Chris Pine again at first. And then when Dave told me it was Chris Pine, I was like, what? What? Who am I? What's happening? I feel really dirty right now. I need to go take a shower. I feel betrayed. And scrub my brain. <laughs> no, um, man looks good with, with stubble. What are you going to do? And I'm always interested in seeing Jeff Bridges in anything that has cowboy related tendencies. So Yeah. Especially after, uh, you know, talking about True Grit recently. Like that's... Just pretty much any time that he's doing something that's not the dude, I'm okay. Right. Because I feel like that's what he was in Tron, was just the dude in the future. Yeah, there was a so, lot of So, oh, in my mellow. Tron, um, you, should only, you should have only seen in 3D in a theater and never watch again. Yeah. Because it's good for the effects. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think he's super entertaining. And oh, yeah. I don't know. I like, I like those kind of movies in general. Like the okay. shoot 'em up bank robbery kind of thing. It, um... It, but I did like that it surprised me in some ways, like that we'll it wasn't exactly it, what I was expecting. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying week. that the <laughs> whatever censored. That's shut right. up, Brit. And then when I shut up, then he'll be like, "Why aren't you talking?" That's right. That's that's how this goes. Absolutely. All right. Um, so uh, the next time, uh, well, actually, before we jump into that, uh, anything else you want to say? Anything else you want to bring up before we close out the episode? No. Okay. All right. So because we're doing Hell or High Water, the next time we do an episode, we will, we, we will be doing an episode on Sicario, which has the same screenwriter. Which as I Hell need to watch water. as well. Yes, which is kind of up next for you. Uh, so until then, I will be here diagnosing your favorites and judging you for what you watch. Some love. Of a different kind. This actually worked out perfectly because I was supposed to do, uh, I was supposed to record Mojo today, and uh, my co host Brian texted me this morning and said, Yeah, I didn't get to it last night. Uh, fucking co host, god damn it. Son of a bitch. You saw trolls, though. You want to talk trolls? Oh. I'm like, God. Yeah, no. that's high on my list of what I want to talk about. No. <laughs> Whenever your heart beats at me. Worry has
touch you down. 